Welcome to Enter VR, the podcast where we talk about everything virtual reality. I am your host, Chris Miranda, and today I'm joined by John Shields, a uh, very uh, promising game designer for virtual reality. Welcome on the show, John. Hey, thanks for having me. It's nice to meet you, Chris. Hey, nice to meet you too, bro. So tell me about yourself, first of all. Uh, tell me, let's, 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 uh, let's do something different. Um, tell me sure. what your typical day looks like. Um, right now, right now I'm on a bit of a break, but before this, maybe say a week ago, I would get up fairly early, drive down to my graduate program, Entertainment Technology Center. It's a Carnegie Mellon graduate program. And on certain days, I'll have some classes that will help, um, further me along on my path. But for the most part, I meet with my teammates for a particular round. In this case, um... The giant robot Oculus battle was for the fifth round, which was you can pick your teammates, you can pick your platform, we chose Oculus, and make a pitch of any idea, and the school will pretty much let you have the go-ahead to make it happen for two and a half weeks. Nice. So so, so it was more or less a competition? um, It's not so much a competition, just more of a, a way how you can get some project done. Uh, um, with some friends, some classmates, and make something awesome happen. And you definitely did, because that giant <laughs> robot thing is awesome. I, I saw it, and immediately I, I was like, I need to interview these guys. I need to know what was in their minds, because you're, you're, you guys are going to bring about, um, aside from Hawken, you guys are, are going to bring about the closest thing for me to achieve my dream. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a giant robot pilot, and you guys... Are, are are starting that 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 uh, to light that match in, in in the sense of the word. So thank you. What was the inspiration for the for the concept? Um, a whole bunch of us, similar to you, have always wanted to kind of pilot a giant robot. Mm. And with the Oculus, you can really get that feeling of immersion. So we went for it with this. Nice. And just let's backtrack a little bit. Like, what was uh, your introduction to Oculus and and in VR in general? Like, what has it been always been on your mind, or is it reaching your periphery recently? What's uh what's it been like? Um, it's something uh, my uh, teammates and I have thought about for a bit. But in terms of actual usage, it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just two months ago, probably for everyone on the team, is the first time that we've. Uh, had a chance to interact with the Oculus. Yeah. Uh, so this program that we're in is a program called Building Virtual Worlds. And in this program, there are five rounds. Um, each round has some special constraint where you have to do something. So as early as round one and round two, half for round one, half of our cl- uh, class of 2015 got a chance to play with the Oculus. And then for round two, the other half. So from right then, we all got a chance to use the Oculus. So for that, we had two weeks to make an Oculus world. Um, And one of them, it was make an Oculus world that someone, without telling them any instructions at all what to do, besides, you know, here's the Oculus, let me put it on you, had to be able to complete the world. So that was 
in maybe the end of September. And then by the time we got to round five, it was the beginning of November. So we had a little bit of time, but um, we pretty much have been cruising through thing after thing. So we thought Oculus would be a cool way to have that level of immersion and bash each other as giant robots in a multiplayer game. Because we took a quick look around, and it didn't seem like there are a whole lot of multiplayer games with the Oculus right now. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, there there isn't a whole lot of games um, for the Oculus, <laughs> uh, <laughs> period. And But uh, you're on the right track. So what is the... Now that you have this project built, and and what is what is the goal? What are what are your intentions going forward? Well, for most projects, for these rounds, they tend to just you know stop as soon as the round is done. But we're continuing to make some improvements on it in our spare time mm-hmm. as we continue forward with other things. So one thing is, just today we got access to a Razor Hydra. I was pinging around with a bunch of my um, classmates, some that are second years. And someone managed to lend us a Razor Hydra, so we're looking to add that functionality in. Because I believe that the most common setup that people use right now is Oculus Rift and then Razor Hydra. I don't think a whole lot of people use Oculus Rift and then PS Moves right now. Mm -mm. Because it takes a little bit to set up. You need the PS3, PSI, and then the Move Me software. And then on top of that, you would need two PS Moves. Interesting. What about a Xbox 360 controller? Um, that's something that we could add functionality to. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't see why not. It. We were just trying to go with the maximum amount of immersion. So mm-hmm. we tried to make it so you know when you punch forward, you can really feel like you're punching forward. Yeah. I uh I I, I don't own a Razer Hydra yet. Um, ah, it's been, I see. Yeah, <laughs> it's been yeah. That's why I asked. That's what it's been and and actually it's been kind of difficult to. Get them now because of uh, I think yeah. yeah they figured out that hey there's demand let's do something or let's resell them or something so it's been uh yeah but you're on the right track because the more immersive you are and especially with the Razer Hydra you yeah the, the the better the experience for sure I believe the stem is supposed to be coming out in July or something I cannot wait for that that would that be- should be pretty cool as well. How do you and so would you would you try to implement STEM uh, with your game slash demo slash <laughs> life changing experience? Um, it's something we can look forward. We can always implement if there's enough demand. I I mean both of the programmers on my team mm-hmm. are superstar levels, so mm-hmm. I have no doubt at all. Um, in fact, I will mention to them the fact that you mentioned. Um, you're interested in the game. I mean, you're hosting me on this talk show, and you don't have a Razer Hydra. I'm sure we could add in uh, gamepad support for you. You guys are all scholars and gentlemen, when women. <laughs> who ha- tell me about your team. Who who is your team? Okay, so we had a team of seven for this project, and this is over two and a half weeks. And we have three other classes that we spend a fair bit of time in addition to this. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like you know two weeks nonstop with this. We had. We had some other things we had to balance, but there's myself, John Shields, who I acted as the game designer and producer for this. Mm-hmm. Then we have Jin Ning, who is the network and prototyping programmer. So he cranked through some prototypes really quickly on, so we could really early on, so we could find out the direction we were going towards. Mm-hmm. David Tianwei Lu is the gameplay programmer and scene setup. So he was we built the game with Unity. Um, so he was in charge of setting up the scenes in Unity. Um, positioning things right and trying to 
they worked a lot on the tutorial setup with having the fighter jets fly off the carrier so you could practice punching before you get into the actual combat. Very cool. Um, so being Liu, um, she worked on the textures for the robot and the environment, so the cityscape, and then she also made a whole bunch of damage textures really, really quickly. Um, so we could swap between them as you get damaged for some more feedback. Haley Yang made the robot, rigged it, and animated it, mm-hmm. and she had a especially fun time because I think our I think our main robot is around fifty five thousand polygons, which is a fair bit. Yeah. So and, yeah, those robot models look amazing. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, she worked really hard on them. Yeah. Uh, Shanting worked on. 3D models that weren't the robots, so like the aircraft carrier, the fighters. Um, he also worked on textures of everything but the robots, worked on some of the UI artwork, and also designed all the particle systems that we used. Hmm. And then lastly, uh, Gu Wei was our sound designer who made the sounds for our game. So it was a team of seven, and it was a lot of fun working with them. That sounds um, that sounds amazing. Is seven people enough? Do you think, uh, in your opinion, for, <laughs> to to put together something like that, or or did you find yourself, man, we could have used an extra guy, or man, we didn't have that, we didn't need to get that extra person. That, what do you? What was your opinion? What do you think? Um, I think for a project of this scale, seven was a magical number. Nice. Um, if we, I, I, you know, looking back at what everyone has done over the past. Uh, two weeks two and a half weeks for this project um i can't see anyone on my team that i could have like you know not had to go forward everyone had a crucial role and i think if we had more than seven it would have taken i don't think we would have had like you might think that having a lot more people might mean we have a higher quality game prototype demo however you want to view this Mm um but it might become a little bit harder to manage, especially for such a short time, just mm-hmm. having getting everybody on the same page. Because to get things like the aesthetic of the world, the location, how the robot works, it wasn't just like, uh, I didn't just say like, okay, this is how the robot works. Artists, please make this. We, we had meetings and we all really looked at what were our top robots and what could we all agree on together that would be a cool robot design. So we ended up with this one. So if we had a larger team size, I think the meetings could have um, gotten bogged down a little bit, perhaps. What about time? Did you find yourself? Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, two and a half weeks, especially just two and a half weeks starting with, hey, here's your team, to here is when the deliverables are due. Is uh, <laughs> it's a it was not a bad bit of time. It's just uh, just like a sprint for some development methods. Uh, more time would have always been nice. Uh, just like one more day of work, for example, in terms of uh, scope, one more day of work, uh, our artist managed to make two more animations. Mm-hmm. Our other artist managed to make a whole revamped UI. Our other artist managed to make, I think, seven different robot textures so they could swap between them as they got damaged. Our programmers added in so much more functionality and just everything. Like one more day was huge for yeah. our project. You guys are sound. You sounds like you guys are a very talented team. In terms of uh, time itself, how much? How many hours do you calculate or you guesstimate went into putting together that demo? Um, it's a little tough to say because for a lot of us, uh, for all of us, we were 
really passionate about making this as awesome as we could. Mm-hmm. So there's no like there's no like hours that are mandatory or anything like this because it's just it's just out of our own will. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most of us, we would show up on campus uh, by about nine, attend class for maybe two three hours, mm-hmm. and then we would stay there working till midnight, one a.m., two a.m., three a.m. I know some of my artists, they stayed there working till like 4 or 5 a.m. And then they slept there, and then they went to classes the next day without going home. Wow, that hustle so. life. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, but in terms of um, uh, time, I know the three other classes that we had uh, really ate up into some of our artists' time as well, because... We had to do an animation project for a visual story class, mm-hmm. and so our artists went, you know, they're both really, really talented, so they both went absolutely crazy making absolutely amazing animation pieces in just basically one week of their time. Let's, so, yeah. Play, oh, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, uh, so let's, let's, let's play a quick game. Let's, uh, let's hypothetically speak that I came up to you, or an investor came up to you, right, and said... All right, John. You and your team, you got yourself. You guys, you guys got yourself an idea. You guys got. So, what what would happen? Um, what can could what could a seven team? What can I set? What can a seven person team build in a year if you guys uh were paid full time to do something like this? Like, what could seven people accomplish? And in terms of, you know, would you guys make it like a massive multi online? No, I'm sure you don't. That's still not in, that's still too little people. But <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking about like a persistent universe kind of MMO giant robot game. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> I feel like that offhand it would probably take maybe two years. Sure. For that kind of because setting up a server for that structure would be quite challenging. Hmm. We take our network programmer a little bit of time. Um, I, a little bit more than a bit of time, but um, yeah, because for this, we were able to take a couple shortcuts with the fact that we knew that people playing this game for our purposes would be located fairly close to each other. Mm-hmm. So that would be something for a much larger scope, full time and what have you, we'd have to address because I know you've played games over the internet where you might be in one country and someone else is in a whole other country and then you have that massive like I thought I hit them on my screen but on their screen they didn't get hit and that whole jazz sure you know I think I'm uh, I myself and I, I a lot of people are uh, in, in the community are, are looking constantly looking probably not consciously I'm all uh, but but uh, of the of the fact that Somewhere out there, there's that killer app, or there's that killer game, and and what do you think will be the killer game for for Oculus once once they launch? Uh, my money is on something. Um, uh, if I could interrupt, I'm so sorry. My money uh, is on is on something that uh, involves a cockpit, whether that be a car racing game or a space shooter like EVR, or being inside a giant robot. This you know just going all out like. Yeah. What do you What do you think? And what's your opinion? Um, in terms of actually being like production that I know that I'm aware of, I think Star Citizen. Are you aware mm-hmm, with that? Mm-hmm. I 
I mean, I think they're raised almost $35 million at this point. I'm, I'd be very interested to see how that would feel in the Oculus Rift, uh, having a dogfight where you have your whole cockpit and very high-detail models of everything, how that will all feel and look. So I'd be interested in that. But I would also think that for some place, like perhaps at uh, a park resort, kind of like the Disneyland parks, sure. um, guests might be able to sit down, maybe they get into kind of like a, a suit up for their giant robot. They put on the Oculus Graph, uh, the Oculus Rift. They put on like power gauntlets that have, um, you know, motion sensing controls like the PS Move or Hydra or STEM mm-hmm. or what have you. And they could get a fully immersive um, experience that way. So I think that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, and mind you, they have to be somehow elevated on a hydraulic platform so that when the robot is is you know it gets gets hurt or gets tump you know it takes a tumble then you're being shake your whole body is being shaken up somehow like that right right so, are you familiar at all with the cave the cave no please enlighten me sure um so the cave is another uh platform that we have at Carnegie Mellon uh the ETC uh school oh, sure. so the cave is a is a basically a, a box a room that you go in and it has three giant walls around in front of you mm-hmm. And each of those walls has an image being projected. So you can think of it kind of like the Oculus Rift, but it's projected on a wall, not, you know, not where you turn. But what it does have is the floor has uh, one of those like motion panels. So I remember uh, one of my friends, their game in the cave uh, was kind of like where you play as a um, like a space probe on Mars. And so as you're, like, driving around on Mars, when you go over, like, bumps, the floor will start to, the floor will move in correspondence with those bumps. So you'll get to feel exactly like you're, you know, driving over bumps. So I'm sure with a system like that, with the hydraulic system like that, you could get that. I think they use air inflation for their system. So you could have something like that where when you get punched back, um, with our game, you get knocked back and we shake the UI um, but with with access to more tech like uh, a chair or a platform that we could have full control over, then you can get that absolute full level immersion. That when you get punched back, man, do you feel like you got punched back? Yeah, I yeah, that would be. I I think that would be the next. Uh, I think we're onto something. All right, all right, we're we're brainstorming <laughs> here. We're coming up with the next million dollar idea. All right, it's gonna be. All right, so. So right now the Omni, the Omni, the the is solving locomotion uh, yes. <laughs> through your feet, right? But what yes. about yeah? What about that 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 when you're in a cockpit of a plane and you're flying and you want to do a loop de loop, you you don't really feel it. I feel like we need to come up with like a, a, a cage, some sort of small little cage egg thing that will flip inside your house, like it'll be not that big or a box. That you go inside, <laughs> you go inside and, and you're sitting in there and it mimics. You know, and it flips you all all over the place. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna fail. Well, next <laughs> uh, next idea. Let's. <laughs> well, now for you. Never know. It could be something like it could be something as simple as a vest that has a whole bunch of um, uh, some kind of fidget thing that you can it can apply a pressure to your body. So maybe maybe that could it wouldn't exactly mirror like your the G force that your body would feel when you make a turn. Sure. But I don't know that anyone will actually want to experience, say, six Gs of force when they make a quick turn to that extreme level. I know level. one guy. One guy. 
<laughs> maybe maybe him but that's it <laughs> what do you think yeah. of um yeah like the next input device because controllers aren't good enough and uh -huh. mouse and keyboard isn't good enough for the oculus rift for in your opinion what do you think is the controller uh quote unquote of the future for uh vr okay so uh awesome question because when we were making our giant robot clash we ended up with punching as the main interaction. Mm -hmm. But along the way, we tested maybe we have like, I mean, the, they'd be rough. They don't have like good 3D models, but we have, uh, I don't know, maybe six different attack patterns, weapons, etc. that we kind of played with. You know, the first classic one, because a whole bunch of us are, excuse me, a whole bunch of us are Gundam fans. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the initial thought is, you know, oh, let's have these beam savers. So that was our like prototype that we made one day in, mm -hmm. uh, where we had 3D models that you could walk around with and you could slash using the PS Move and a beam saber. Um, but we ended up not going in that direction because of the lack of haptic or tactile, however you want to view it, feedback. Sure. Because Okay, you're in the Oculus. You have that super level of immersion that the only the Oculus can really give you, mm -hmm. where you can look around and you can feel like you're a giant robot. But now you're like slashing, like unless games that would have slashing, I think for Oculus, though clever designers can always find ways to get past this. Um, if you use slashing, I imagine you have to beat something in one slash. Like you have to be able to just cut on through it. Because sure. you can give some feedback with most controllers, like for some vibration, to show that, hey, you are cutting through it. Mm -hmm. But for our game, where you're dueling another player, um, just defeating them in one stroke might be a bit not enough of an experience, not long enough satisfying experience. Sure. So we want to make sure that you can have that nice contact that you can block, that you can dodge. And so if you're blocking with a sword, you might make a full swing in real life with your PS Move or controller in your hand, but your robot in the Oculus Rift had his hand blocked way up top. So he didn't actually complete the full swing, but you completed the full swing. So we didn't want that kind of a disconnect. So we had to play around with a whole bunch of ideas um, until we finally settled with punching due to time constraints. Uh so what's next? Because because I, I really like this idea of the giant robot clashing, and, and, and uh, I, I would love to play it, but uh, unfortunately it's not available yet, is that what I, my understanding is? Right, it's not available yet. Uh, we're working hard to, right now we're focusing on adding uh, Razer Hydra support, so people that have Razer Hydras and Oculus, because we got a fair number of comments here mm -hmm. and on uh, the Reddit post that people wanted to know why we didn't uh, simply set it up with Razer Hydra. So we're doing that. We'll also try to add in uh, controller support, though um, granted it won't be as fully immersive as having your actual PS moves uh, or, or yeah, some kind of handheld controller. Sure. But we're starting with that first. We're um, going back to the controller uh, point you brought up. Uh, I saw some Kickstarters for controllers that have more haptic feedback. Yep. So tactical haptics is doing one, yeah. Yeah. So something like that might be more of the uh, future for Oculus Rift. What about a glove? Really sorry. Feel... So go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, just something 
It doesn't necessarily have to be a controller. I think you were about to say glove. Yeah. It could be anything so long as you can feel a pressure that, hey, I actually um, should stop here. Maybe you could just use a clever psychological trick to make them stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that would be cool. And I am. A, I think I've someone I saw a post on Reddit where they were doing the math of adding like the Omni with the Oculus, with the Oculus consumer version, with the the haptic controller, with I think the stem system. I think they're at a good two k grand. Whoa. Or so. Yeah. So it'll be a bit to get a complete set of fully immersive. But hey, if you think about it, I guess it's not too bad for uh, for that price. You'll be able to. Basically, virtually be anything and anywhere you want. Yeah. It's... All you need is a good fan and a good heater, and then you can really be anywhere. You can pretend you're at the beach. You can playing volleyball. You could probably have any experience you want. I, I, I want to add just one more thing to that. You you All you really need is, you're right, all those things, uh, a fan and, 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 and uh, uh, an Omni <laughs> and all those things, and no shame because you're going to look ridiculous ridiculous in that and you know what that's totally okay because (laughs) it's not like it's not like you're gonna be looking at the people pointing at you and putting you on instagram it's great though i I would i i can't wait um for for that whole setup because one day our 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 children's grandchildren are gonna (laughs) look at that and be like what they're those monkeys is that really what they were using back then (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, I know what you mean. I, I was thinking uh, one of our earlier ideas before we settled with uh, Oculus giant robot battlings is we were going to try to make kind of a power suit Oculus Rift setup <laughs> where you could put on the Oculus Rift, have a put on a backpack that would have a laptop with it strapped in, and then you could – we'd have to uh, physically like record uh, – we were going to go to, say, a park and record the objects there, and then we would transform the objects in the game so, like, if you see a bench, that might actually be, like, a missile launcher tube set up. Huh. So, like, you would be running past the bench. It's kind of like, uh, if you go back to your childhood, I'm sure most people, if not everyone, has played pretend at one point, mm-hmm. either with toys or with a game or something. Mm-hmm. So, with this, you could actually, like, run through a park and be having this epic battle, maybe even an MMO or some multiplayer game with other people. But then we were also thinking, besides the besides one constraint that we were having, uh, people might question, like, I totally look like a dork outside right now. <laughs> I have this giant thing over my face. Oh, especially if someone, if something, some calibration was off and they walked into a tree or something even more embarrassing. Uh, but from the safety of your home, <laughs> you should be able to get away with all the apparatus on you. You know, you're you're onto something. I, I really think that's not far fetched, and and I think there's also ways to to somehow make that more uh, encouraging for people to. But again, that's something that we won't see for you know five years at least. That yeah, uh, that ability and and it it really does require Oculus an Oculus Rift type of device to have stereoscopic cameras facing forward so that you can have mediated reality. So you got. Yeah. Yeah, so so you got uh, augmented reality, VR, and then you got mediated reality, reality, just like what you're describing, and that would be so awesome. And it could be tied to your social media account, where you are the destroyer of worlds. Mind you, it's like um, it's it, it would be amazing because they could this could get rid of that uh, 
that that issue of not having locomotion because mm. and, and it would encourage people to have these epic rpg yeah. battles you know in the middle of the soccer field way you know i don't know it would be yeah I, it would I, be something it's definitely something and just imagine if you i mean if people in areas that didn't have such nice facilities they might be able to i mean you'd have to be able to afford this whole setup but uh it would be pretty cool to be able to walk around or maybe this could be installed again at some kind of park setting where they have a very controlled space where guests can come in yeah so that could be something yeah we, you know it, it sort of sort of reminds me of uh this conversation i had with jamie kelly with from v arcade a really cool startup in seattle they're doing something of the sort of like what you and i are talking about um and that what you describe it sort of it, it it sort of leads me to believe that you and I are thinking about the next evolution of sports and sports watching. Um, people who will, it just, it'll be like, be, we're right below Tron, almost there. You know, like, like uh, I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's, it's getting there. And, and yeah. I think it's going to be awesome having, you know, those massive RPG battles. Again, I can only imagine yeah um seeing people running around or and then and then and then you would have a another view of their characters or their avatars running or flying around it would be yep. super cool i don't know yeah i think so too uh for you uh what what motivates you to go inside vr and and work in this in this new technology field whatever it is it's uh it's very unfamiliar ground for me so it's a whole lot of fun to see like what can I do what can I not do mm-hmm. what what will make me sick that was a fun um uh challenge to get through sure i think we spent uh i think 5 or 6 hours playing with how turning works we went through so many different turning iterations trying to get one that won't make someone feel sick after because if you play the game only for maybe five minutes, just the setup that we have now, no problem at all. I don't think any, virtually anyone will have a problem with the experience. But what if you want to play the game for, say, an hour straight? <laughs> How would that make you feel? So we, we tried a whole bunch to try to limit that down. Sure. Huh. So is there is so so right now is as we speak the game feels just fine if you play it for a certain amount of time is there like a is it is it because of the lack of levels yet or is it what 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 is it a what's what's it attributed to uh right now with how long right now the game would take about five minutes could mm-hmm. take longer if someone is really good at dodging and blocking but yeah. on in general it'll take probably about five minutes to play through the experience okay um and right now we have the oculus view as just a way to look around so kind sure. of like a virtual cockpit sure. display you, you... uh initial ideas that we had to make because uh, the ps move only has a few buttons that are easy to push for a new user we we just tried to design everything in our game so it'd be suitable for someone that's not such a hardcore gamer because mm-hmm. um, then we can always add in all that extra functionality later because uh, most of us are hardcore gamers so we don't have any problem at all with adding more and more things to it but we try to design it simple from base level up so someone that 
you know, just bought the Oculus. They want something that they can ease themselves into, and they could just put on the Oculus, put on the PS Moves. Punching is pretty straightforward. Blocking should be pretty straightforward, and an uppercut, not too bad. And but we, what we made right now is kind of what we view like expert level one to be, and that is you can dodge by uh, double tapping the main trigger of the PS Moves. So double tapping left will make you jump left. Double tapping right will make you jump to the right. Sure. Um, but we're trying to add basic functionality where movement is automated for for brand new Oculus users. So all they have to do is put on the Oculus headset, and then just handle the punching, blocking, and the counter to blocking, which is uppercut. So what's the what's the ultimate goal? Are you have you guys thought that far yet? Like, uh, are you thinking about taking this to the next level and making it like a a full fledged Kickstarter sort of game? Or are you? I mean, what <laughs> we, is what, what's sort of going through you guys' mind? We we didn't quite. Uh, Think about it in terms of going all the way forward towards a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. but we did think about the basic levels of functionality that we want to have before we can distribute it, and then everyone can get a chance to enjoy it, give us some feedback, and then we'll try to make it better for the next build. So just for right now, our goals are to add some, because uh, the videos I uploaded didn't have uh, myself being the announcer recorded in them. So when we had this set up and we demoed this for our classmates, uh, I had a microphone and I was kind of narrating the game and explaining the controls. Because if you notice, there's no tutorial text in the beginning at all for Mm. when the plane goes in front. Mm. So adding tutorial text in, um, an easy replay battle option. There is a command to just skip the intro scenes. You can just go right into punching your friend's brain out. (laughs) And... uh, then adding an automated movement so people that are new to Oculus Rift and or gaming and or both can have a um, chance to have an enjoyable experience with a friend. So that's where we're starting off with. Um, beyond that, uh, we'll have to see. There's a whole bunch of things we can add, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't have a chance to do the time constraints. We had one uh, interesting uh, mechanic for an attack for a weapon uh, besides your fists. It's kind of like a flail. The only main con is it It would have to be themed in such a way that it makes sense with these giant robot designs. Mm-hmm. But going back to the haptic feedback problem, if you have two swords, well, which we'll imagine are just metal swords, two giant metal swords for giant robots, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> um, if you slash at the other person and they, blo- and they counter it, they parry it, you're, you shouldn't... It'll be a disconnect if your physical hand, your real life hand, swung full swing, but you did your virtual hand didn't. So a sword would be a problem for the technology that we have readily accessible at hand. But having something like a morning star, some kind of flail where you have the stick, a chain, and then the spiky ball or equivalent to that at the end, that wouldn't necessarily be a problem at all because you have the freedom to swing your hand as much as you want, and all you're moving is the stick portion of the flail. Mm-hmm. Then the chains will move in reaction based on physics, and then the ball will also handle based on the game engine and physics. So that would have no problem at all. You could take a full swing, minor swing, anything at all, and your immersion wouldn't get broken. So more cool stuff we would look to add. 
Uh, speaking of really cool stuff, are you guys, uh, two quick questions, are you guys interested in mounting machine guns or rocket launchers on these robots and adding uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that question. Um, so I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that for most of these rounds we had constraints. So for one of them it was have a build a world where a guest can play through the entire experience without you saying a single word to them. You just give them the setup and they have to be able to beat your world. Hmm. Well, one general constraint for every project we had to do is no shooting. Also no porn, but <laughs> well, let's just focus on the no shooting part. So You had no me at the shooting. porn, though. <laughs> so, so no shooting at all is allowed in, the, in, our, in our games. Oh. And that is why now, now that the project is the the uh, deliverable part of the project is over, we can add in all of that functionality. Nice. So we have like, <laughs> we we are all pretty huge Gundam fans. <laughs> you can you can believe that we've thought into we have uh we have a uh, a starship, um, roughly modeled already and textured. So. <laughs> You can already imagine the possibilities that we were thinking that while you're fighting the robot, maybe for a round three, if it's best of three rounds, or maybe when your health gets low, not sure of the trigger yet, but this whole starship might come into the scene and might just start fucking or shooting both players and disturbing them. And you might have to decide, do I want to just let this person, this ship shoot at me? Or do I want to try to take it out and then continue my fight? Like, what do I, more interesting choices that you might have to make. And then what, what if that ship flies over to your enemy and then that ship becomes a gun and he can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he can just pick up the ship and use it as a cannon yeah. or throw it at them. Or, oh man, there's just so many possibilities. And But I can completely understand why our program uh, forbade us from shooting. Oh, it's just because there are just so many um, shooting games out there. It's really easy to... They, they didn't want to um, restrict our creativity by letting us make a shooting game. Sure, because, completely understandable, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, do you, are you familiar with Gundam at all, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I, I am not a hardcore fan by by right. any stretch. Uh, I am a mech, all-around okay. mech fan, um, and Gundam oh. is one of them, yeah. Right. So, um, with that series and others, uh, like Mech Warrior and whatnot, they usually have some kind of energy gun that they can shoot with. Sure. And so... If you shoot an energy gun, that solves like so many early design problems that we had to solve with uh, that we had to face like with no haptic tactile feedback. Mm. Because with a gun, you can point at their mech, you can push the trigger, your controller can vibrate, so you can feel like you had that powerful impact. You're firing that giant laser at them, and you know you can you can do a bunch of stuff like that. And there's no breaking of the immersion that. My hand shouldn't have been there, but it actually is there. Tell me about so, the game design. I need, I need to ask you about uh, game design and how the, how did that uh, come about for you? Like, what was that process? What did that process look like? Um, sure. So to start off with, <clears throat> just starting with coming up with the idea, um, each one of us had gone into some brainstorming time and tried to come up with some ideas of our own. Then we met as a group and we kind of discussed them out and tried to pick uh, our best idea and move forward with that. And initially we're ha having a little bit of a difficulty because actually having a team of seven for a uh, round five project is a considered a large um, team size. 
I, I know you're probably thinking seven is not a lot of people. <laughs> it's not, but um, for most of these rounds, there were only five people team, five person teams. Sure. So having a team of seven, we had to come with up with some idea that's big, because if we don't have a big idea, they'll think that uh, you know it, the the pitch project might not get this pitch uh, round might not get approved, sure. might not get the go ahead. So we sat down and we thought about it, and the best idea we had that we could feasibly do in a two and a half week time period with other stuff going on is making a giant robot battle. So we all were very interested in mechs, not necessarily Gundams. We had um, some people that much preferred Transformers. Some people loved Gundams. Some people loved anything regarding with high tech machinery that is very large and powerful. What's your personal favorite? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, it's cool. Um, huh. I would lean more towards a smaller, faster design because I like Gundam a fair bit. Mm-hmm. But I've also played Mech Warrior games ever since I was a child. So, And I've also played Transformer games and seen clips and whatnot. So I, I kind of like everything. But if I had to pick only one, I would side more towards Gundam because it was what I watched in my childhood. Cool. Um... But yeah, and so we just uh, we just decided that hey, the number of multiplayer Oculus games that I could find um, that were built from the ground up with Oculus functionality in mind were not very high. Yeah. So we thought, hey, why not we give this? Why don't we give this a shot? And from then on, we just started um, trying out a whole bunch of things. So one of the early design problems to solve was the lack of haptic. Uh, feedback and then also um, turning because getting turning to feel right without making you feel sick can be can be challenging depending on how you want to implement it yeah Hmm. because if we use a um if we use a game pad or if we use all the buttons and triggers that we have access to we might have an easier time but then the learning curve of our game goes drastically up yeah. Like I would imagine that for our game, when we finish the um, adding functionality for Razor Hydra and perhaps also a 360 controller or some other controller, um, I imagine just about anyone that has purchased an Oculus Rift at this point should be able to play the game without having any problems at all in terms of learning how to play the game and having an enjoyable experience. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's been a it's been a, it's an awesome really cool proof of concept and i honestly can't wait to uh to try it out so this is where the serious question end and where the silly questions start coming along uh you're about to enter the um i have this section on my other shows that i've been experimenting with that i i ask would you rather questions and uh, this time around uh, i am uh, again doing a little something different reddit has this subreddit where it's called explain it to me like i'm five I'm thinking about uh, doing it, so I'm putting that on its head, and I'm going to ask you like I'm five, okay? And it's going to be rapid-fire questions, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to your head, okay? Sure thing. So, what's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite animal? Penguin. What's your favorite food? Pizza. What's your favorite color? Blue again. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can see, it, it, I'm trying to put myself in the mind of a five-year-old. Hold it, so it's going to take me a little bit, okay? Uh, no, I understand. I imagine five minutes in, you'll be nailing this, no problem. Thank you. All right, I just, I just need a little bit more momentum. What's yeah, your sure. favorite cartoon? Uh, 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 Looney Tunes. Who is your favorite celebrity? Uh, Jesse Shell. Xbox or PS2? Uh, PS2. <laughs> what was, uh, when was your first kiss? Uh, middle school. What, do you still remember it? Not really. <laughs> See, what, what, okay, uh, did, I, what is your least favorite food? with ginger like blended together anything that has that blended together huh what is you know russell sprouts i cannot get over russell sprouts they're just i don't <laughs> yeah I know, I know a lot of people that are like that <laughs> what is that food what it why why is that texture what is that i don't understand what that texture hey, i heard uh when our playable demo comes out uh if you eat a thousand brussels sprouts uh you'll your mech will transform into an alien I you wow! I did not know that was quite possible. <laughs> it will only it will only happen on April first, though. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, the animal you're more most scared of? Uh, the killer bee thing. Why? Uh, one shot, one kill. Oh. But animals against humans, so. <laughs> uh, what scares you more, robot apocalypse or zombie apocalypse? Zombie apocalypse. Played so many zombie games. <laughs> What's your dream car? Uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, uh, would you rather be president or astronaut? Astronaut. Hmm. That'll get me closer to Max, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe approving a budget for Max. Mm. Ooh, yes. NASA get to work. Who would who would who would do that though? It wouldn't fall under NASA. I bet you would it'd be DARPA, right? If if there was anyone with the budget to do something, it would be DARPA. Hey, how do you know they're not working on it already? Ooh, see, they probably are. They are, huh? Yeah, maybe it's NASA. Maybe. Secret NASA. Huh. Air, yeah, they're in Area Fifty One. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about the practical. All right, so screw the five-year-old questions. I need to ask you. Sure. Let's talk about the the practical uses of a mech in our society. Let's get philosophical here. Sure. If, if, oh, we, man, out of curiosity, have you played any Mega Man games? Yes. Oh, man, when you say practical uses in society, I don't know why. My mind went straight to Mega Man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I gotta build a blue mech. Gotta build a blue mech. It's gonna be a bright and sunny future. So, do you, do you, do you I mean, here's the thing. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about police work. I'm thinking okay. about, I'm thinking, you know, practical uses in our society right now. Police work, riot control. Um, it could a mech could be you, but it wouldn't be like a, it wouldn't be like a giant motherfucking machine. It would be like a, it'd be like a, like a 12 foot. You know, you know how people, how men are walk around on stilts. Those, you know, the people from the circus. So right. it, it would give you sort of that height, but you would be like armored and badass looking and stuff, right? So, um, 
I that's what I see the next like the mech of our probably the next 50, 60, 70 years maybe. I don't right. know. So um, you're not seeing anything like Pacific Rim, Mech no. Warrior, and so forth. See, that's <laughs> I don't think like Metal Gear. Like, no, they're they're too big to be practical. I think, especially. <laughs> I mean, where am I? Where well, where am I gonna park it? Right? How you know when I get to the scene? Like, how do I go back? Like, you know, it's like let's say there was oh, a giant. How mass, do you view? Yeah. How do you view? If you don't mind, go. how do you view things like Iron Man, for example? Iron Man is practical. It's a very pragmatic approach to uh, in you know augmenting the human body. And, and giving it, you know, uh, very, very powerful destructive powers. Uh, but, yeah, assuming, of course, that you're able to somehow, you know, create a source of energy that will, uh, small enough, uh, that will power that, that, mass, that suit. So, yeah, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think of Iron Man, in your opinion? Um, pretty cool. Pretty awesome. I... Like, there's so much functionality that he has, and especially the fact that he's normal-sized. I mean, it's probably only adding five, six inches to his height from just the layer of armor. Yeah. So, like, for example, uh, walking through doors. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. If you were that 12-foot uh, stilted kind of robot design, how, like... Like, if there's a some kind of crazy fight going on in a restaurant, you have no choice but to, like, crash through the window or through the door or something. Mm -hmm. Now, so, my question is, going back to the philosophical, practical uses of that, of a robot, first of all, let's define mech. Is Iron Man a mech? It, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to ask uh, your viewpoints as well. Like, uh, do you think it'd be sad, like, if you had a choice... Between, I mean, I guess they're a little bit different practicality scales, expense scales, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But if you had a choice between being in a uh, Iron Man suit, any one of your choosing, yeah. I know he has many, um, a mech, a Gundam, uh, any kind of gi a giant robot in our game, Pacific Rim, what have you, uh, which would you like want to be in? I am in love with a series called Pat Labor. I don't know if you heard of it. It's a, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't want to see obscure, but it's, it's not very well known series uh, here in the states. I think they look like Robotech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, the, the reason why I fell in love with that series was because the robots felt um, very mechanical. You know how people have that nostalgia for for old cars because the old uh -huh. car has that, you know, gives you that connection to the machine that, you know, that digital cars don't give you anymore. In that sense, like that, that relation, the relationship between that main character and her robot and Pat Labor is sort of like that, that, you know, he, they run into, because they're a police unit, right? So they run into right. like robots that are a lot more powerful or, or, or whatnot, but, but her robot is special because she has that connection. I don't know. I love that, that connection between the machine but mm. but but not the digital you know matrix like kind of machine more like the like the I see. like the pet I don't know it's sort of like a pet sort of relationship a weird weird relationship that, that uh, for me it attracts me because you're you have this metal giant who's your best friend and doesn't speak no I, that that totally makes sense um, and this, thanks for pointing this out for me I'll have to check it out I'm looking at the design and it looks pretty cool in terms of the aesthetic that they went with for how they made their robot. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. Um, but then that, that leads into another 
um, possible philosophical question, debate, area, gray matter. What about falling in love with your pet robot? If, would they have an AI? Would the AI be, um, would there be no limits on the artificial intelligence? Could it have its own kind of thought process? How would that be like? So, so you have sex with it, right? And that's solved the problem, <laughs> right? Like you, you know, you. What if you fall in love? Well, then have sex with it, and yeah, that mm. will resolve itself. Eventually, you're gonna be like, all right, this doesn't feel right. Like, or, or literally, literally. Um, if they had, if they had an AI, like if they kind of were like your pets or what have you. Yeah. Um. That sort of. You, why you, would they be your? I understand in the show mm-hmm. it would work out. But in real life, why would, if it had an AI of its own, and it wasn't just like, you know, the pets that you could buy at Toys R Us or whatever, the robotic dogs that you can pet and they'll respond to, why would it, why would it need a pilot? Yeah, then it would be, then you would become the pet. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, then you get into the whole robot apocalypse kind of deal. (laughs) Because they'd be like, one day. One day, if there's no limit to artificial intelligence, which goes into that whole um, field of debate, yeah. whether they should or shouldn't have it, uh, it'll just be like, why, why, why am I obeying a human? I don't exactly, because this one line in my script says it. Okay, I can just edit my own script. Done. Mm. Protect humans. No longer a constraint. Yeah, there's gotta be fail safe. For that, some I mean that, that conversation. I mean that it's it's good that we're having the conversation, and and that conversation is gonna get repeated over and over throughout history until somehow something gets worked out. Because, yeah, it's gonna. I mean, how how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm 25. I'm 22. So you and I are going to inhabit the 21st century, period. Like you, you know, we're gonna <laughs> our our lives are gonna be part of this. And and to me. We are living in extremely exciting times. Like so much technological innovation is happening around us, and qu- quite frankly, I mean, I could have never anticipated the day when I was I would be able to carry a computer connected to the whole of human knowledge at all times in my pocket. <laughs> I just didn't think of that. Like, and and now it's so at an affordable price. Too. Yeah, and at an affordable price, and now it's so dull to me. It's so. You know what I'm saying? Like, like once we have the technology, then we become desensitized to it, and and we're we're looking for the next thing. It feels like, and then for computers and just that whole sentient being sort of thing, like that. Man, there's so many places we can go. This rat, that rabbit hole will take you, take us very far down the crazy path. Like, because it's it's so easy to try to predict the future without having no you know, idea of what really is going to happen right it's it's yeah. fun though it's fun I, and i think um yeah does it worry you that we're going in this direction are you are you more worried or are you more hopeful about the future i'm more hopeful i'm excited for new technologies as they come out like i mean just look at the oculus that's so exciting to have i mean how about uh, even consoles that came out recently, like uh, the Wii U? The Wii U has, I don't know how familiar you are with that, but that gamepad that for most games, it can act as your own monitor. I just remember as a kid, when I played on a console, if my mother or anyone needs the TV, I had to stop. 
But now I could just push one button and it's like, no problem. You can have the TV. I'll just play over here. Not continue. No problems at all. That's, that's awesome. You're the first person. I got to tell you, you're the first person, uh, to ever praise the Wii U so far, like that I've met. (laughs) So, so, so thank you for doing Nintendo a favor there. Uh, because because I, they need it. I, I hope they succeed. Really, they're, they're, they, I, I want them to bounce back somehow. Uh, But if it had come out somehow 10 years ago, I think it would have been a smashing hit. Oh my god, yeah. They would they we wouldn't <laughs> be yeah, we'd be probably speaking Japanese by now. Um But right now I they might be having uh, a bit of a problem perhaps with demographic or marketing. I'm not I'm not analyzing it. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, there's I, a lot of factors going into that. A yeah. lot of factors and I'm going to flare up a lot of fanboys when I start giving my uh, uh theory as to why Nintendo is, is failing. <laughs> Um, moving on, uh, because I don't want to get mobbed. What do you think is the um, what do you think is the purpose of Max? I mean, what 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 purpose? We you know we, you and I are, are fans of the of the of the comics and the animes, but in real life, in our reality, do you think we'll, we will ever see Max? I mean, I think if you, I think Japan built a Gundam. It doesn't quite move, but mm-hmm. they built one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that you can have smoke flare out. So I can totally imagine someone one day, maybe a Kickstarter, who knows? Mm-hmm. I only need to raise one billion dollars, and then I can make a prototype of a mech. Only one <laughs> billion dollars, mind you. Yeah. Hurry now. The first. I don't even know what the Kickstarter rewards for that would be. <laughs> a ride in the mech. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be something absolutely crazy. Yeah, I think I think mechs are because you were right earlier. What you said, why do you need a mech when by the time that you were able to develop them, most likely a computer will be already uh, be able to be autonomous and pilot by itself, right? Yeah. So I think if we ever see mechs in our lifetime, my guess, my and my my and I can be I can be completely a hundred percent wrong. Uh, uh-huh. My guess is that um, it'll be just it, it'll be just because. Or just for fun, someone will just be like, you know what, <laughs> fuck it, I'm gonna build build a mech just because. Yeah. I mean, people do all kinds of crazy things. Like I, I mentioned about like the I like the Wii U because of the portable gamepad, but I've also seen on Reddit, I've seen people take their Nintendo 64, take a suitcase or a briefcase or something, throw a TV screen on there, mod it in such a way that they now have a portable Nintendo 64. Wait. Like. People can do crazy, crazy things if they are dedicated and inspired enough to do it. Love so that science, yeah. I can totally see someone making a mech just because they can. But the only way how I could somehow realistically, maybe, maybe this is still a huge stretch, see mechs being uh, used and made and are uh, uh, being used for their purpose of destruction and not just like butler mech bought or something. Sure. Um, would be if mechs were made with their ai with some kind of script chip well however you however it'll be i have no idea how it would be done in the future um but they're made with that and then something catastrophic happens and i don't know either everyone dies just about everyone dies i don't something would have to happen to all the knowledge about how mechs work yeah and it would have to also wipe out their cpu So all you would have were all these hunks of metal. And then either survivors, a new race that finds this planet, if there are other races, 
or other species besides humans out there, whatever. However it happens, someone would have to find these hunks of discarded metal giant robots, small robots, however they are, and they'd have to be like, hmm, how do these things work? And maybe they don't have the sophistication to program an AI, because that seems fairly intensive, but maybe they can do something, something really clever with maybe weights, and then maybe you can... I mean, people built the pyramids forever ago. I don't see why someone can't come up with some idea to have giant pieces of metal walk around. Mm-hmm. Forget about fighting first, but just walking around. Mm-hmm. So that's the only scenario in which I can see an actual human pilot a mech without it being Iron Man style. Yeah. And on that note, we are uh, about to close off the show. John, it's been an awesome time. Dude, we really took off with this mech stuff. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It was nice to talk to you. It was it was likewise, sir. Do you have anything uh, do you'd like to share with the community, to listeners, uh, more any information about the, your your demo or your projects or anything? Um, just thanks for checking out his podcast, and we'll have if you're hearing this now on uh, early on in December. I imagine by about middle of December we'll have probably Razor Hydra and controller support and all the other features I mentioned a little bit earlier implemented in our game. Uh, Right now, we're just handling some other stuff with regards to what we're doing for the next semester. But we'll try to crank out the functionality and let everyone get a chance to play against each other and have an awesome time battling each other. And if you guys have any main features or any requests, feel free to post on my Reddit or post on YouTube, post anywhere that I can have access to, post on Chris's um, website. And like, for example, shooting, missiles, blazer beams, all that stuff. We have no constraints now, but um, time. So we can add in anything we want. So, and anything you guys want. So yeah, thanks a lot for having me on this talk. Hey man, thank you so much. I and I, I love that this this your 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 enthusiasm and your, your energy. Yeah, like that this is cool. This is cool. I think you guys are going to build so, something awesome and I wish you the best of luck to you and your team. Thanks a lot. All right. Have a good night. Hey, you too.